0: What makes Finland's new climate law so ambitious? And will the World Cup really be climate neutral? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Sphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Thursday, June 2nd. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some climate victories. Finland just passed one of the world's most ambitious climate laws, net zero emissions by 2035 and negative emissions by 2040. Negative emissions means they want to be absorbing more carbon than they're releasing by then. Their plan is the second most ambitious in the world after southern Sudan, according to the net zero tracker. Southern Sudan, though, needs financial aid to get to its target, while Finland, which got rich off of fossil fuel exploration, can do this transition all on its own. Finland's new plan was developed by two economists in the country's climate change board. The economists determined how fast Finland should decarbonize based on its share of the global population, its ability to reduce emissions, and its historical responsibility for climate change. Finland's environment minister says the country will reduce emissions without using international carbon offsets, which is when countries pay for projects elsewhere to artificially reduce their emissions. Over in Germany, police raided the offices of both Deschutes Bank and their asset management subsidiary, DWS, as part of an investigation into greenwashing. Basically, the prosecution alleges that the bank is making its investment products, like the environmental, social, and governance, or ESG portfolios, more environmentally friendly looking than they actually are. If it is doing that, that would be investment fraud. This is the first time I've heard of a bank being raided for greenwashing, and I'll let you know if anything comes from this investigation. In the United States, President Biden announced plans to cut the cost of wind and solar projects being built on public lands. Rents and fees will fall by 50%, according to the Department of the Interior. The administration also said it would increase the number of people processing renewable energy environmental reviews and permits through the creation of five new coordinating offices in Washington, Arizona, California, Nevada, and Utah. The offices will help the Department of Energy, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, and the Environmental Protection Agency to all communicate on clean energy deployment better. The goal is to permit 25 gigawatts of renewable energy on federal lands by 2025, as per Biden's mandate. 25 gigawatts would power about 4.75 million homes. For context, last year the U.S. added just 2.89 gigawatts of clean energy to the grid, which was already a 35% increase from the year before. So hitting 25 gigawatts in 2.5 years requires exponential growth. But these things that the administration just announced are the exact moves climate-conscious citizens have been needing to hear for the whole Biden presidency. So this is a big win. Now if we can just get the EPA some funding so it can actually do its job efficiently. Biden has been trying to rebuild the administration, but Congress won't give him the funds for it. The EPA does everything from inspecting chemicals to punishing violators to forming new emissions and pollution rules. It's unsurprising that the money for the EPA can't get much support, as the same congressmen who are blocking the funding represent 19 states that have sued the EPA to the Supreme Court over its ability to regulate state emissions. That case, by the way, is expected to get a decision by the beginning of July, so stay tuned for that. The Biden administration also announced a new action plan for global water security to elevate the crisis to a top foreign policy priority. Over to the private sector, Ford beat out Tesla in the electric pickup market by delivering its F 150 Lightning. It can go from 0 to 60 in 4.3 seconds. It has a range of up to 320 miles until the next charge. And it can be used as a backup generator for the driver's home during blackouts. This truck's 131 kilowatt hour lithium ion battery can hold 10 times as much power as a Tesla Powerwall impressive. And now to some state news. Last week, lawmakers in New York introduced a bill that would put fossil fuel companies on the hook to help pay for infrastructure repairs after extreme weather events. Called the Climate Change Superfund Act, it would impose a fee on fossil fuel companies who have contributed a historically large amount to greenhouse gas emissions. The act would generate about $30 billion over 10 years if it's passed. I'll keep you posted. Meanwhile, Hawaii became the first state to mandate that homeowners tell prospective buyers if sea level rise threatens their home. Sea level rise could take away 25,000 acres of statewide land, causing 19 billion dollars in property damage and displace 20,000 residents by as early as 2060. The seas expected to rise by about 3.2 feet by the end of the century. Yet beachfront properties still selling for about $10 million a pop. So hopefully this new rule will give some home buyers a pause. Time for some climate fails. For months, Qatar has claimed that this year's FIFA World Cup will be the first climate neutral one ever. Well, a new report by Carbon Market Watch has just discredited those claims as nothing more than greenwashing. In other words, Qatar and FIFA ignored major sources of emissions in their calculations. The report's author explains it like this quote, despite a lack of transparency the evidence suggests that the emissions from this world cup will be considerably higher than expected by the organizers and the carbon credits being purchased to offset these emissions are unlikely to have any positive impact on the climate calling the event itself carbon neutral is problematic even if the accounting had been done properly it gives a false sense of achievement and says we can continue to host this mega event every four years and can continue to do that at no significant cost to the climate. This gives a false idea to the general public and fans attending. So the policymakers need to communicate correctly about the impact of these events, putting the measures in place to reduce emissions, but then still be clear about the fact that these events will come at a cost. We need to be more transparent about it, End quote. The report shows the organizers underestimated the emissions associated with building new stadiums and venues and heavily relied on carbon offset schemes. FIFA denies that it misled its stakeholders. In Europe, the European Court of Auditors reported that the European Union spent 72 billion euros less on climate action than it claimed in its 2014-2020 budget period. It claimed it spent 216 billion euros on climate action during that time, but the court said that not all of that spending was actually relevant to climate action. Agriculture-related spending seemed to be the biggest culprit of this, accounting for 60 billion euros of that wasted amount. The auditors worried this misuse and overreporting will continue into this budget period and might even get worse. Right now, there's an unclear link between payments and climate objectives, which makes it hard for the EU to make sure the money is getting put to its intended use. And in the United Kingdom, the Meteorology, or MET, office is facing its worst personnel cut since World War II, despite an increasing need to forecast extreme weather events and predict climate change. A 20% staffing cut has been applied across UK civil services. That could drop the 2,000-person office down to just 1,600. The Met Office will likely argue with this rule, saying its job is just too important to drop that much. It is like the main office that tells the UK government about climate predictions. I'll let you know if anything comes from this. I want to finish off today's episode remembering a groundbreaking environmentalist, Hazel Henderson who passed away last Sunday at the age of 89 from complications of skin cancer. Henderson came to the U.S. from England right out of high school and became concerned about the air quality in Manhattan, which was so bad she had to wash soot off of her baby daughter every day. She joined a fellow concerned Manhattan mom, Carolyn Conham, to form the Powerful Citizens of Clean Air Group. Among many things, the group added an air pollution index to the Daily Weather Reports. Described as, quote, a visionary ecological economist by the environmental author Bill McKibben, Henderson popularized the phrase, think globally, act locally, and set out to redefine GDP in terms of human prosperity, going beyond material success. She called herself an, quote, independent, self-employed futurist. Henderson wrote nine books, including The Politics of the Solar Age in 1981 and Ethical Markets, Growing the Green Economy in 2007, which was later the basis of a PBS series. Ethical Markets also became the name of Henderson's own media company, which was meant to promote capitalism's evolution, quote, beyond maximizing profits for shareholders and management to benefiting all stakeholders. Henderson is survived by her daughter and grandson. And that was your climate news for Thursday, June 2nd. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Bexphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Think global, act local, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.